More than ever, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you for joining episode 36 of the Bryce Harper podcast entitled A Good Start in Visions, The End Result. We are in the month of October um, as I'm recording this, 2022, and our church is in a series entitled Overflow. We're talking all things Holy Spirit, and I want to take some time today go through some of my sermon notes and teaching this. It's really important for us more than ever to have the Holy Spirit to, as Paul says, desire spiritual gifts. And it's a lifelong process of three things. Number one, discovering who the Holy Spirit is, what the spiritual gifts He has given us. Secondly, developing those gifts that He's given us. And then thirdly, deploying. And I think too often in church, we discover... Maybe we have some moments of development, but we never really truly deploy. We go to church, we have these supernatural experiences, but then we don't allow those experiences to be deployed into our homes, to our marriages, to our communities, to our workplaces, to where God has us. And we, we see it very clearly in Acts chapter 2. They were filled with the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, to go, to go out and to, and to tell others about what they had received. And I, and I truly believe a life without the Holy Spirit is going to be three things, unfulfilled, unsatisfied, and unsuccessful. You may find temporary fulfillment. You may find temporary satisfaction. You may find temporary successes. But God is a eternal God. And so he wants e- eternal fulfillment for us. He wants eternal satisfaction and eternal success for us. And I truly believe a life with the Holy Spirit produces eternal fulfillment, satisfaction, and succession. And the truth is, no matter what your position is or how you feel when you hear things about the Holy Spirit, gifts, fruit of the Spirit, infilling, refilling, baptism, speaking in tongues of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, we have to realize the Holy Spirit's mentioned 90 times in the Old Testament, 18 different titles, 260 times in the New Testament with 39 different titles. Out of the 27 New Testament books, uh, only two, 2 and 3 John, do not reference the Holy Spirit. So we, so we can't allow fear, formalities, or ignorance to rob us of the great treasure we have available in the Holy Spirit. There has to be a serious amount of groundwork, foundation, an establishment of a doctrine of the Holy Spirit for each one of our lives personally. We have to establish that. And it can't be based on some YouTube video or some TikTok video we saw of something that was real sketchy and weird, you know, with church and, you know, Pentecostalism or um, charismania, maybe, as I like to say it sometimes. Uh, it's not charismatic. It's charismania. It's just crazy. Um, it's not biblical. Maybe it's a little abusive. But we have to understand that throughout the Bible, there's a lot being said about the Holy Spirit. And just some key passages from Genesis to Revelations. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Right from the jump, the Spirit hovered over the waters. In Judges, we see Samson. And the Bible says the Spirit stirred him. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. Joel was this great prophet, priest, who spoke about the day of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we see in Acts. Jesus talks about in Acts 1. We see it in Acts chapter 2. Romans 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit. So does 1 Corinthians chapters 12, 13, and 14. Ephesians 4 talks again more about the gifts of the Spirit. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Jude talks about praying in tongues and building up your faith. James talks about the power of the tongue, um, life and death. And then Revelation 
it talks about the spirit of prophecy. And so we, so we see the Holy Spirit just intertwined throughout all of Scripture from, from literally Genesis to Revelation, you know, skipping over 2nd and 3rd John in the New Testament. And I want to talk about Samson real quickly because it's interesting. Um, Samson's mother, she named him, the Lord blessed him, and he grew up. And the Bible says the Spirit began to stir him, the Spirit of the Lord begin to stir him. And here's the overarching thing about Samson as we talk about it, just for a second. We lose our strength when we are stirred by the Spirit publicly, and then we seek for rest and compromise privately. And we see that in Samson's life. He is stirred by the Spirit publicly, but then he, there's compromise privately. And the Spirit of God is never meant to just give us public exhibition and demonstration without inner peace in the private places of our lives. We see it from Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. There, there was a hovering, there was a settling um, of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended, and, and some translations said, say settled on Jesus. And in and, and Judges, we see Samson, and he says, you know, I, I, he, he, there's this, there's this co- private compromise he loses his strength. He's seeking, he, he sees this outward beauty in Delilah, and, and he loses perception of what, of what true beauty is or inner beauty. Spirit leaves him. His enemies capture him. And, he, and it's interesting. The Bible says, I will do as before, shake myself free. But he, Samson didn't realize that the Lord left him. A lot of times we, we revert back to what we know, not realize it's not about what we know, but who we know. And so Samson was trying to do something rather than be something. The Holy Spirit is in our lives to help us become somebody. Um, I don't know who said it, but they said it like this. Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me. The Holy Spirit makes me a better husband. The Holy Spirit makes me a better father. The Holy Spirit makes me a better pastor. Not better than you makes me better than me. We have to have the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's interesting. He the Bible says he didn't realize the Lord left him. How does anybody <laughs> who is like Samson, the Lord is with him, has a supernatural strength that God's given him. How do you know? How, how do you not know that the Lord leaves you? It's easy for you and I to 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 not realize God leaves us when we are not focused on God. Focus is huge right now. In the business world, you know, a lot of times we, the in the business world, there has been a lot of teaching and training on time management, and people don't know how to manage their time. And that's still a real issue in corporate America and even in ministries. But now we're seeing a lot of talk of focus management. So yeah, people people are getting their time managed well, but now now they're having a hard time focusing. And even when they get into positions of work, they're having a hard time just focusing in on what the task is at hand and what's most important. And and Samson here at this juncture in Scripture, he lost sight of what was most important. He lost focus. And there was this public shaking, yet there was private compromise. And I feel like in a lot of Pentecostal charismatic churches, and and we are one, I'm filled with the Spirit, I speak in tongues, I'm, I'm about all of that. I've had all those experiences. They've changed me forever. I think a lot of times we have these public 
demonstrations, but there's private compromise. We have this public exhibition of what God's doing. We have this public shaking. Um, but there is something privately where we're not focused on what truly matters. And I really do believe ch- life-changing experiences is by, is by way of inheritance. It's from God. And it's from the Spirit of God. And that is all from a place of covenant, a place of promise, a place of I am going to love the Lord with all my heart, with all my strength, with all my, I'm going to love Him. That's it. He's my focus. And it's just so important to realize as it pertains to our supernatural strength, as it pertains to the Holy Spirit, even as we're kind of looking at Samson for just a moment, wrap it up with this um, and then go on to a couple more points from Scripture. And that is this, you know, we have to realize the origins of our faith, the origins of the vision for our life, the origins of our strength, and then belong to people who honor our covenant with God. So here Samson is, he forgets the origins of his faith, the vision for his life, the promise for his life through his parents. And then he's belonging to a company of people who are not honoring God and the promise of God over his life. So when we live in private compromise, we lose public strength. But when we live in private devotion, we will have public strength. And Joel in the Old Testament is one of these great priest prophets we see in Scripture. And in Joel, we get the the promise and the prophecy of God pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. We get this amazing prophecy. And we see that fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 over into the New Testament. It's interesting when you think about the book of Joel, which means the Lord is God. And the Bible says in Joel chapter 1, he was son of Pethuel. So Joel means the Lord is God, son of Pethuel. Son of Pethuel means man of vision. So the Lord is God, man of vision. And a priest is mostly known for somebody who's hosting God's presence. A prophet was also known as someone who was, who was saying what God is saying right now and for our future. So Joel was in this, he's this amazing figure in Scripture. He is a priest, yet he's a prophet. Or he's a prophet that's a priest. I've learned over the years that the best priests are prophetic and the best prophets are priestly. I say it like this, the best pastors are prophetic because they are vision-driven and refuse to be stagnant. And the best prophets are, are pastoral because they are compassionate and they're focused on love. And the imagery and structuring of the book of Joel makes it one of the most well-worded pieces of literature in the Old Testament. And it contains the most insightful Old Testament prophecy about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all mankind. Isn't it interesting that the Holy Spirit becomes this obscure, abstract, difficult to translate concept in modern times, yet Joel... Back in the Old Testament, it is seen as, in his book, and his writing, and his prophecy about the outpouring of the Spirit, is seen as one of the most well-worded pieces of literature and contains the most insightful Old Testament prophecy about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all mankind. I think we have to come to grips with the reality that we have made it 
obscure. We have, we have made it abstract. We have made it difficult to translate. Not the Bible. We have. Um, again, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the Holy Spirit hovered over the surface of the water. We see that same term used in Deuteronomy 32, 11, as the eagle stirs up its nest and hovers over its young. In Jeremiah 23, 9, um, all my bones tremble. All my bones are, are being settled. Um, and then, again, when Jesus is baptized, we see him coming out the water and the Spirit of God descending as a dove and settling on him. I love it because God, he comes to our life. And, and so the, the, the voice of the Lord after the Spirit settles on Jesus. There's a voice from heaven that says, This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit has the unbelievable power and ability to settle things in our life, to settle our hearts, to settle our minds, to settle our bodies, to settle our spirit, and then bring identity so before Jesus embarks upon his work of, of going all the way to the cross, the Spirit settled. I mean, Jesus, once he made this public declara declaration of water baptism, and this is the Lamb of God from John the Baptist, there's, there's this just commencement taking place. I mean, Jesus knew what he was about to embark upon on. And I love it that from the very jump, from the very beginning, the Holy Spirit's there to settle. And I don't know what you are going through or what you're facing, but I want you to know the Holy Spirit comes in our life, not just to give us a funny feeling, not just to, so we can fall out on the floor, not so we can just have a public shaking like Samson, yet have private compromise in our life. The Holy Spirit comes into our life from Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, through the Old Testament, through this moment of Jesus' baptism, to settle. And not only settle, but to bring identity. That we are sons, that we are daughters, that we are chosen, that we're conquerors, that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, that the battle belongs to God, that we are royal priests. All these things that we get from Scripture, God comes in with His Spirit and He settles and then a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son. I'm well pleased. He had, Jesus hadn't done anything. Jesus hadn't, Jesus hadn't done, gone to the cross, which was, which was the great work he needed to do, which is why he was sent to be the perpetuary, just sacrifice for sin for all of humanity, for, for all of eternity. I mean, this ultimate sufficient sacrifice. And before all that, before, before Jesus did anything, that really pertain to this eternal promise and purpose, the Spirit settled. And then his father said, this is my beloved son. I'm very well pleased with him. And I love it that we serve of God, we serve a God that before we get the great deal before we have a great quarter for our business, before we before we have any kind of accolades or accomplishment, God comes to our life. He settles our hearts. He settles our lives. 
and he speaks a blessing over us, a blessing of identity. This is, this is my beloved son. I'm very well, and I am to whom I am well pleased. I hope you're encouraged today that the Holy Spirit, and I would encourage you to seek and desire the Holy Spirit like never before during these times. Not just to speak in tongues, not to just, not to just have an experience, but for God to settle. And many of us, man, what we're going through and, and you know, after all this COVID stuff and transitioning and politics and all the division we're seeing culturally in our in our nation and our world, that's why I say we need the Holy Spirit now more than ever. Why? To settle some things in our life, to bring identity to who He's called us to be. Thank you for tuning in. Don't ever forget a good start envisions the end result.